I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. It feels so weird to say that. It has been so long. I think it's been over a year. And so I'm really honored to have you guys back on on the first episode. Um, and I have with me tonight Dead End Film House, which is an Oklahoma City indie horror film production house. And tonight I have with me Jeff Richardson, Dylan Cole Black, Skylar Taylor, and John Hornbeck. All right. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves kind of individually? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Jeff Richardson. I'm one-fifth of Dead End Filmhouse. I'm Dylan Goldblatt, and I am also one-fifth of Dead End Filmhouse. I do a lot of writing and some directing. Mm-hmm. I'm Skylar Taylor, and I do a lot of the sound stuff, and I also act in uh, our films. Not because I'm good at it, but because it's just nice to have somebody that we can just jump in and do stuff. <laughs> I'm John Hornbeck. I'm part of the, I guess, camera department. So, nice. I forgot to say completely what I did. Uh, I do camera stuff, editing, color grading, all the all the fun stuff. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. I I've watched several of you guys' films, and like they are really good. They're really really well done, and just a lot of fun. So I I was highly highly impressed when I came across you guys. Thank you. Yeah. It's weird for us to hear stuff like that because we're so critical and so we don't respond very well when people are complimenting us. I can completely relate to that. I uh, struggle with that, especially with my writing, because I'm like, I wrote that. How could you how could you think that's good? (laughs) Like Yeah, so I get that. Sounds like (laughs) Yeah. Um, so tell me about Dead End Filmhouse. How did this come to be? How did you guys meet and create this? And it says it was about 2015 when it started. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, so he's kind of like the, the center point of Dead End Filmhouse. I mean, he, he made a short film, and then he involved um, Louis and Louis's um, partner at the time to do sound design. Louis, the other member of Dead End who's not here tonight, and that just kind of like snowballed into this like let's make let's start making films and start making the music for it and then all of a sudden here we are making five horror films to release every weekend in October of was it 2018 no so it was actually 2020 because I I was yeah I I just been laid off of work I was I was a software engineer and so for the first time in my life I I didn't have a job like my adult life I didn't have a job and no one was hiring because like hiring it completely stopped and I was like what do I do now and so I I made a short horror film and then Skylar and Louie are my cousins and we were in a band when we were kids and so we just kind of like reconnected and we were like let's create some fun stuff again oh that's really cool I like that I had no idea you were cousins yeah yeah we were in a Blink-182 cover band when we were like 13 and 14 oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> um, so has did you start with horror, or do any of you have, like, a background in anything that led you to film? What made you take that up? I feel like we, I mean, we started in horror for sure, and I don't know why we all just gravitated towards that, but we all were so very much into horror at a very young age, which 
I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, we're all pretty like dark kind of emotional beings. And like, I think that that is what makes our art so good is because there's so much realness behind it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why horror. We just, that was always the thing that we did together. We would watch scary movies together and then we would like stay up all night thinking that the monster was real and it was going to get us. And so that just kind of created this bond between all of us. And then here we are 20 years later making films. But I, I do think actually it was because of that because we were kids and we would go to like, we would rent movies at the, the video store. And we would, <laughs> uh, JR's movie land was the one we woke up and we would rent movies. And we watched just random scary movies that we found. Um, yeah, we'd be terrified. And yeah. then also our aunt, uh, Colleen would tell us like terrifying, like we're native tales. Yeah. So like, we're native yeah. American. And, and so that was kind of a piece of it too. There was always this like folklore about, you know, with these like dear lady or like, um, just different, like the Stakini and like just different native tales. And so that was, we just, it was almost like we were born into horror in a way. It's kind of cool. Oh, that's really awesome. I like that born into horror. That's a good, that's a good phrase. I like that. Yeah. I, um, I liked all that spooky stuff from a young age too. I can remember being a kid and, um, I, I got like scary stories to tell in the dark and goosebumps and all that stuff. And just kind of like it went from there into darker and darker stuff. And then like Stephen King and all of that. So yeah, I totally get that. Um, so what are your favorite kinds of horror movies? Like, I know there are subgenres of horror. So, what are your favorite subgenres of horror? That's tough. Yeah, there's so many subgenres. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my personal favorites is found footage. I think it's I think it's a really hard thing to pull off well because when yeah. it's bad, it's bad, mm-hmm. uh, and when it's good, it it keeps me up all night. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I love, I love like schlocky 80s horror with, with super crazy practical effects and just the silliest stuff. That's some of my favorite. I can, I can sit up and watch that all day. Um, I don't know. It's tough, though. There's so many subgenres yeah. within, within horror. And I feel like it depends on my mood because some days, like some weeks, I'm like, I just want to watch like, Ari Aster style, like dreadful horror films. And then other times I do want to watch like, oh, that made me laugh. And it was gross at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all over the place for me. I would agree. I mean, I, I like it all. I love Evil Dead, which is yeah, like, so ridiculous and silly. And then I love like Hereditary, which is like gut-wrenching and awful. Uh, and then everything in between. Yeah. Well, on Christmas, I watched Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like I like to do that every year. And that movie's terrifying. Yep. There's nothing funny about that. It's just scary. But the night before, I watched Jack Frost, the, <laughs> the direct video horror film about a killer snowman. So, yes. It's even scary. <laughs> I, I actually remember. Yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah. I had a first date involving that movie that was just about as bad as the movie is. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. So would you say that, who would you say you take inspiration from as far as directors and movie makers and screenwriters? Oh, it's really tough because I don't think it necessarily just comes from like horror films. Right. I watch, I watch movies constantly. And, and, I, and I think if you're going to make good movies, horror or not, you have to watch mm-hmm. all kinds. It's the same with, with writing. Like I, I like to write fiction, so I don't, I love horror novels are my favorite like genre, but I read all genres because you learn 
you learn the strengths of each one yeah. and how to how to hone that into a single story. So directors, I mean, for movies, it's obviously some of, like like some of my favorite horror directors like Sam Raimi and John Carpenter. Um, some of that weirder, wackier stuff, but. I also have a lot of favorite directors that don't have anything to do with horror. They just tell great stories. And that's kind of where you have to start with a movie, whether it's going to be a silly horror film or something really scary or more of a drama, you have to start with a good story. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of good. Yeah. That is something that I always tell people when they ask me, like if they want to, they want to get into writing. I say that learning story structure is the most important thing you need to do in the beginning. Just learn story structure. Yeah. Yeah. We're still learning that every day. I feel like oh, yeah. each, each film that we make, yeah, like each film that we make, we, we literally like, ah, uh, we could have done better there and we're going to, we're going to do better on the next one. Yeah. And like one of the things I think we're really experimenting with still is pacing. Um, we started really, really slow on purpose. And then we're trying to learn like, how do we like break that and be fast when it's good for the story? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so pacing, I think is something we're still kind of like learning and working on. Um, I, I personally love David Lowry cause I think he oh. paces so well in his movies. Like he's done like a ghost story, the green Knight, Um, and I think his pacing is just amazing. It feels almost like older films in, in that way. It is, especially cause he'll take such like a simple concept and he can make it a hundred minute film yeah. and it doesn't feel, doesn't feel slow, at least for me. Right. Same. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I totally know what you mean, like, about reading reading in every genre or watching in every genre and all of that and um, the pacing. I think I think it is something that in any, in film or in books or whatever, it's something that you can learn, like, by trying. Like, you just, you learn as you go and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, so, let's see. Um so tell me about the Oklahoma indie film scene. It seems like there has been a big surge in that recently. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, well, I feel like up until a little more recently, we haven't been really plugged into yeah. the indie film scene. We just kind of, like when I joined Dead End about a year ago, I had just met them by chance. I was, I, I, I'm an artist and I, I made some art for, um, Jeff asked me to do art for the good night mother. I made a prop for it. And then, um, the one that we're releasing next year called the hum, but we, we shot that in January. Um, I, uh, I don't know, gave some pointers on the script and then you made, you made the book, made, uh, made some props for it yeah. and then acted in it, which is kind of how I ended up joining after we filmed that. But, um, Gosh. Well, because we had kind of started, we didn't know anyone. Like, Skylar and I were just like, let's make films, and we were just in our own movies. Right. And we were just having fun, kind of like playing, you know, doing that Alan Watts thing. I guess we weren't really getting paid to play, but we were playing and having fun while doing it. Um, and then we met Dylan, and then we just started meeting more people. Mm-hmm. Well, because I, I had met Jeff and Skylar and Louie through our friends. They have a thing called the Skull Crawlers Movie Club, and they also do you know, indie horror shorts, um, and they're super cool, super good. Um, and that's how I ended up meeting the guys at just a, at a screening for, for, um, it was, uh, near the lake. Yeah. One of, one of those older, older dead end ones. And, um, 
but the the circle kind of stopped there. It was just I knew I knew a couple of people. I they knew each other, but as far as like meeting more people who are acting, who are producing, who are directing around here, I feel like up until pretty recently, like within the last couple of months, um, we've just now started meeting more people in the scene, and it's really cool. It's big because you have people that are working on. You'll meet someone who's like, yeah, I'm an actor, and they, they'll be doing short films, and then suddenly they, they also had a small role in Killers of the Flower Moon. Or like, right. or you, like I'll meet guys who, you know, they're, they're gaffers and electricians, and they work on, they'll work on Lifetime movies, but then they also worked on Tulsa King, and they worked on Res Dogs. So it's, it's interesting because the, the few big things that come here do overlap with the independent stuff just because of the, the resources and the people around here. That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. That's so cool. I like you guys are, you're doing a phenomenal job at what you do. And I think, and asking that question, I'm kind of like thinking you need the recognition you deserve because you guys are doing a really good job. I was so impressed with your films. Like I was very impressed. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I don't say that lightly because, you know, I don't hand out like compliments that are hollow, but I, I definitely think you guys are going places. So, yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that's typical to hear. Oh, well, it's it's the truth. So, <laughs> um, so what's your favorite of the short films that you've made and why? Oh, man, that's tough. Yeah. yeah you're going to start that one. Oh, man. <sighs> For sure, not any that I've been in. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I know there's something about near the lake that that i i just love it i love the score i love the pacing mm-hmm. uh <laughs> just the characters i mean louie and Brittany were, were incredible i thought uh i don't know there's just something about that one i think that, that one is that's cool. my favorite i like that one a lot that one was fun and it was our first time really trying something bigger than just like a couple minutes and it ended up taking us like because none of us were like none of us are professionals so we were having to do it on weekends and it ended up taking us like like a couple Four of months, months or something yeah to finish and it was only like you know six nights of filming but when those nights were spread out over months and, and we had uh, to keep that short cropped haircut he well did, he had COVID at one point and he had at least stopped filming for like a month and, i think that's yeah. why i i go back and say it's my favorite too because like it was such a turning point in regards to learning mm-hmm. um we learned so much especially in regards to planning we did not plan more than the day that we were going to film and we learned real quick you got to plan for the <laughs> other days too because it, it doesn't work that way it's it's got to be all of one big plan and you know what you're going to execute each of those days and so that was a big uh, a big learning lesson for us near the lake was mm-hmm. i think sense. it's tough because i think there's little bits of everything that i i love in each of our movies yeah like, um it's like the good night mother feels special in lots of ways uh, that was our biggest like uh you know, we submit all of our films to kind of smaller film festivals, and that was the one that kind of, like, took hold of a lot of, like, it's screened in Burbank, California, and it's screened in Chicago, and so that was really cool, so that's, yeah. That's, that one, and that's probably why that feels so special, because yeah. it was the first time we got to go see our, our film on, like, a big screen, which yeah. is, like, such a cool thing, yeah. um, and now, like, Through the Cracks is going to be, like, in Austin, which is super rad, um, awesome. so yeah, I think Near the Lake is pretty special because of that. I also just really like or love Tex Ghost. I think it was such a fun yeah. character, and it's um, something I want to keep making yeah. stories about. I 
I think the, uh, just overall, it's it is tough because I love the Goodnight Mother. I think that's a solid. That is a solid one. That's pre me being a part of Dead End, so I just have this this view of like I watch it, and the only thing I go, oh wow, is that I, I made the book prop in it, but I wasn't even there for filming, so I just watched it, and it's it's so cool because I didn't know what it was about when you guys had me do that. I just saw it after mm-hmm. you made it, and it's so cool. Um, and I've gotten to see that one on the big screen when we went to Circle Cinema mm-hmm. Festival with it, and then. Um, Obviously, I have a soft spot for Through the Cracks because I directed it, but that was really fun. That was the first thing I'd ever gotten to direct and also just make at that kind of that level of, like, camaraderie and, like, hard work. That was a lot of fun. Um, But weirdly enough, some of my favorite things that anyone in this group has made are some, uh, like, a small batch of short films that Jeff made (laughs) pre-Dead End Film House, pre, like, the name Dead End. Mm -hmm. They all had... I call them the ones with the names because I can't remember what they're called, but they all have really similar names. Yeah. Like Revenge, Revenge Doubt, Doubt, Mortality, Mortality, Vanity. Vanity. Yeah. They, they have those names. They're all so good. And he like took forever to show them to me. Like, I can't remember how long into oh, like, I was being, embarrassed, yeah. making films together. And he didn't even show me. Louis showed me. Louis was like, have you ever seen Vanity? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> he showed me all of these ones that Jeff had made pre-deadened. And they, they're that was so me and Skylar completely, yeah. They're so good. And I'm always like, we got to make some more like that because they're very simple and to the point. They're more micro horror, like two to four minute shorts, but they're so cool and effective. There's hardly any dialogue because like we didn't really know how to do audio then yep. very well. And so a lot of it is just like we tried to tell the story visually. And so And just with like tone and yeah. suspense and yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That is another thing that I really like about y'all's films is the score, like the soundtrack that or whatever is playing. Like I really like that. Do y'all do that yourselves? Or do you Yeah, that's kind of for me, I mean, Louie and I, and then now Dylan, I mean, we're all outside of John, and, and maybe John is a musician in some capacity. I don't know. He su- surprises me the more I get to know him. <laughs> but we're all musicians to some degree, and uh, Louie and I specifically do most of the sound design, and now Dylan's starting to do a lot, too. And so... Um, which I didn't expect to do either, which kind of whipped out a score for Through the Cracks. was. And he's, he's a wildly talented musician, and mm-hmm. he would never tell you that. And so I, I think that sound design is, like, right up there with, like, our cinematography, which is Jeff and John. Like, our sound design is right there, and I, I, I take pride in it because we really strive for our films to sound as good as they possibly can. So it's super cool to, like, that you recognize the, the oh, sound. Yeah. It's kind of like... Yeah, it was very, like, very, very professional level. Like, felt like, um, like, I I remember it making me uneasy while I was watching one of them. Just kind of the soundtrack combined with the visuals. I was like, this is only a few minutes long, but I'm, like, tense and I'm into this. And it they're really good. So I need to go back and watch them Thanks. all. I think even the ones before Dead and we were doing. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you will have to get the. So we have like a Jeff has a channel that we were putting our films out on on before before, we, Dead before the Dead End Filmhouse channel, and so there's five or six um, yeah. films on that channel that are technically Dead End because it was me, mm-hmm. Louis, and Jeff that did them. Okay, I we definitely want to see those. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to get the the name. What's the name of that channel? Um, Macabre Magic. It's mostly an embarrassing channel of me talking about magic stuff. Okay. I'm like an amateur magician. And then we were like, let's make, let's make short horror films. Yeah. 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 Nothing embarrassing about that. That's cool. 
magic is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so like for anybody that was wanting to get into filmmaking or like, what advice would you give them? Like, just start with what you have as far as equipment goes, or is there anything they should invest in or? No, I think it's that like, it doesn't matter what like, cameras are so good now mm -hmm. that you can just use whatever you have and just start making, making movies. I um, agree. Yeah. Use I your agree. phone. Yeah. Use yeah. your phone. Phones, iPhones shoot in 4k and you can do, you can adjust your frame rate. You can, you can get filmic, which is an app and you can adjust your, your exposure, your color grading, everything. Use your phone. You can use your phone as a, as a boom mic, basically. Uh, you know, yeah. you can voice, you can just do it what you have. I wanted to experiment with some like black and white visuals a while back. And so, but I don't have any sound equipment and my camera is not very good. So I made it look like a, like a 1920s silent film and I just didn't use any audio and it was so much fun. It turned out pretty fun just because I wanted to. And I had so much fun doing that. I think that's my advice to people is just make it. And our, our very first camera was like a $600 camera, $700 camera that, um, now I think sells for like, like 500 bucks, 400 bucks. And it's, it, it, it made our first movies and it looks awesome. Cause it, I think, Cameras are not the barrier to entry anymore. It's just like doing the thing. Yeah, I don't think there's any barriers to making films in today's, you know, the today's day and age. What the issue is is what he said. Just do it because I think people are so insecure too about, well, is it going to be? Who cares if it's good enough? What does good enough mean? It doesn't matter. You're only going to get good enough if you just make films. And so just record things, experiment, but bounce a flashlight off the ceiling, do anything and everything that you want to do. That's what I would say. Because we're gonna we're gonna release a short film sometime early this year, where we essentially lit it with a single ninety dollar light. Which one? It was just the MC Secrets Below. Oh yeah, yeah. We did just do that with one one light. Yeah. So like yeah, there's I don't think I think the it's just about going out there and doing it, and I think it helps having people that are are kind and nice because it is scary to try to do something and um you know put yourself putting yourself out there is scary. And so I think we're extremely lucky that we have each other. It's like, a, I'm really proud of like the group of people I'm surrounding myself with. I feel like every single one of those people helped me become a better person and helped me become a more confident person just by creating things and knowing that it's safe to create things and bounce ideas off of, um, you know, this group of people. Yeah. And I definitely want to highlight kind of piggybacking on what Jeff's saying, like, Dead End Film House has become Dead End Film House. We didn't start Dead End Film House and it was what it is now. Uh, it was just me, Louie, and Jeff, you know, throwing around ideas and putting them on camera. Bringing Dylan on has, like, brought a whole new level to our storytelling. Um, it's bringing a whole new level to our score, I think. And then bringing John has, like, completely elevated what our films look like, how our films are lit, um, the you know, everything that uh, comes with cinematography. So I just really want to highlight, like, bringing on Dylan and John in the last year um, has really elevated what Dead End Film House is and I think what we're going to do in the future. That's awesome. That is that is such good advice. Like, I, I tell people the same thing about podcasting. Like, start with what you have. Don't worry about investing in, like, major equipment because it's the same with audio on the phone. Like, you can get good enough audio for a podcast with your phone and if you want, you can buy a little microphone for $15 to, like, hook up to your lapel. But, you know, it is about... Just do the thing. Like, even if you're scared, do the thing, create the thing, 
even if it's not good enough. That doesn't matter. That's it's not going to be good enough. That's right. the thing is it's going to suck. And mm-hmm. like, that's part of the journey. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, we, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say everything we've made each time we each time is basically like the second we're done. I'm immediately thinking, oh man, what'd we miss? Well, it, I mean, it, I'm thinking like, I liked how we did that, but next time I know how to do, I'll, I'll know how to do it even better. Yeah. Um, but you won't know that until you just do it. And I think that's the other thing is like not beating yourself up about that because I, one of the things Scott and I have talked about is that was the best we could have done in that moment. Mm-hmm. And as long as we did that, I think I'm happy with yeah. the project. And then the next one, we'll do the best we can on that project. Well, I think failing's okay. Yeah. Like you're going to fail and you have to approach it with that thinking of like the first thing I'm going to make is going to be bad. And what I learned from it is going to be the best thing. Yeah. And then you just apply that knowledge more and more. Yeah, I have, I, I have friends that they'll take forever to get any project off the ground, and I'm tell, I tell them all the time, I'm like, dude, just make it. Just make it. Stop thinking too much. Like, you don't need to have the, the best camera in the world and the best lights and a whole crew of 20 people. Just, if you have an idea, which I know you have, just write it out and, and make it. I, I am always counting my friends to make more stuff and not, not think, overthink it. Just dive in make something fun. I totally get that. That's, that's kind of how I am with my friends. I have a lot of friends that over the years have told me, you know, well, I want to do a podcast or I want to try this, or I want to write a book. And I always tell them like, just do it and don't be afraid of it being bad. Like don't be afraid of failure because it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the process. And you can't get to that bestseller if you don't start with a terrible short story or something like that, you know, so you can't, And even then, like when it's, it's really never as bad as you think it is, like when you're looking at it. But I will say like when I edit my stuff, I still to this day will look at it and be like, no, this is not, this is not the best I can do, or I should have done that differently. And I'll always leave the same way. Like you guys said, like wanting to make something different the next time, like change something or tweak something to make that twist more impactful or like more suspenseful, something like that. So I completely relate to that. And I think that is the best advice to give people who want to get started in something creative is just do it. Just try, just try. Nike really had it. Yeah, they really (laughs) did. They really did. Like, just do it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, let's see, I was going to ask you guys. Um, so where do you draw your inspiration for these films from? Oh, it's like it depends on the film. They, yeah. We've we made a lot of different things <laughs> uh, this coming year, especially this, this coming year. And I mean, this past year, we made we made six things over the in the entire year from the on the call goes. There's been six things. We haven't released six things, but we made six things, and they all are very different from each other. Right. Um, <laughs> like my house is haunted was pretty funny Billy yeah yeah but but in a different funny that than than our new one call ghost it turned out to be really just hilarious and kind of goofy but it's completely different funny than the kind of dry dark humor of my house is haunted mm-hmm. and then like through the cracks is just a bummer dude like I know I made that and wrote it but it is just depressing all the way through and then seance is one we haven't released yet and that's 
Ooh, that sounds good. That's a silent film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that one's like made to look like a film that was lost in the 1920s. And like it's a long lost kind of like film and it's weird. And it's like experimental. Yeah. So I I think when you ask what's your favorite, I think once we release Seance, that Seance is going to be my favorite. Just because it's so. I could watch it over and over, and like you just notice little things throughout it. Like each each watch, it's so cool. I can't wait for that one. That one sounds awesome. (laughs) Right up my alley. I just watched like a guy a guy Madden film, and he makes these films that look like they're long lost films. And I was just watching it, and then something hit, and I was like, oh, I had this vision of like people dancing around a coffin, Um, and I was like, we should make this weird film. so they just, I, for me, it just kind of pops out of, of nowhere. Like, yeah. I, I don't know where they come from. It just, like, I get an idea, and I'm like, I'm usually for me it's an image, and I guess because that makes sense because I'm usually, like, VP of the, the, the films. Mm-hmm. But it's like an image sometimes that gets stuck with me, and then I'm like, what's the story around that? Mm-hmm. I would say the same. Like, it's either an image, it's a, it's a character, it's like a, a line or a phrase, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm just building off of that one thing that may have popped into my head. And it might've been something I saw on the street on the way home, or it might've been something in a movie. I feel like we're all kind of that way. It just is, we're all very creative people. And so it's easy for us to think of something. And then all of a sudden it's just like a tornado of thought. Mm-hmm. I, I always, once I kind of have an idea of where the story's going and like what I want it to be sort of similar to in tone, I I'll, I'll tend to make a list of like five or six movies and watch those just as inspiration, like tonally, how they, how they paced it and how the, so for call goes, I, I watched like scream. I watched slumber party massacre. Um, I watched, Oh God, uh, night of the creeps. Just a lot of kind of the scream obviously is a, it, it's got, it's like this meta slasher that ha- is a commentary on a, other slasher. So that, was obviously like a big inspiration for it because Call Ghost has a bit of that meta slasher vibe to it. But I also wanted to go back and watch a lot of these just kind of cheap, um, passion-filled uh, projects from the '80s where they just it was all hands-on uh, practical effects and and um, just off the walls bizarre stuff. Um, but yeah, like I said, every time with every single one, I, I I try to find a few movies to watch as inspiration. They help kind of build that the visual palette. Because uh, I'll be sending Jeff stuff like, oh, I want it to look like this and look like this, like color wise and lighting wise, and then we can kind of use that as a reference. Mm-hmm. But and Ghost is kind of different because it's this character that already existed, but like right. through the cracks, that was just based on your past experiences, and you had these like that like an image and right. you kind of built off of that. Through the cracks was solely based on an image of someone staring through a crack, mm-hmm. and so you know I took the the eyeball staring through the crack in Black Christmas as an inspiration, and like uh, the color grading of the ring. I was like, I want this movie to be blue, <laughs> and then he was like, he sends me like test footage, and I was like, bluer, bluer. I need to be more blue, and so it's like it, it's so blue and mm-hmm. green looking. That's that's what I wanted, and. Doing that stuff is really fun, finding movies that have that look and feel that we're going for and then doing our best to kind of emulate that. That's my favorite part is you like 150 images like, which which screen do you like? And you're like, dude, I don't know. They look the same. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, that, is, that sounds so similar to like my process when it comes to inspiration. So I 
totally get that. Like it can be, it can be anything. It could be like a situation you observe when you're at the grocery store and you just extrapolate from like a conversation you overhear or from a line in a song or a scene in a movie or anything like that. It can be, it can come from anywhere at any time. Yeah. Yeah. We're, and it's so funny when we were, Dylan and I wrote call ghost together and he wrote the majority of it, but when we were kind of writing the outline, um, it's so fun. I wish that we could have just like recorded it. Cause it was like, he would be like, and then what if it did this? And then I was like, Oh, what if it did this? And then it's just like, we're back and forth of just like, what if this, what if that, what if that? And then all of a sudden there's a, we were laughing. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. And then all of a sudden there's a 15 page script, like, you know, two days later. That's awesome. Dude, that was Mo too. Like I had an idea of a, what was the image? I don't even remember. I can't even. And then like, I called you and like an hour and a half later we had the movie and then that week and we shot it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, I think that's the other part that helps is that we're all like able to like, I feel like we're all on the same wavelength. We'd have to be to be yeah. in this group, but then it helps us build on those ideas in a way that's like very collaborative and very fast too. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what, that's what I was saying earlier. Dead in film house is like always just building this world of trust and like, I don't know, openness between all of us. It's, we're, we're becoming a more well-oiled machine day by day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have, you've talked a little bit about some of your projects coming out next year, but what is coming up for you guys? Are you working on anything new or anything specific you can share? Well, we just wrapped on Call Ghost and it's our, it's our slasher. It's a, it's a, like a reboot prequel to um, Text Ghost. Text goes to, um, which is on our channel. Um, but we just wrapped on that. We're actually tonight. We're going to shoot some, some visual effect shots for it. Just some like insert things uh, with a green screen and some practical effects. But, uh, it takes place in, in you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Call goes takes place in 1999. Nice. Uh, on New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve. Nice. Yeah, Y2K. Oh my gosh. So. I remember Y2K. <laughs> oh, yeah, my dad actually he the worked. First... Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Oh, I was just gonna say my dad was working as a network manager for Kerma Yee at Y2K, and they made him come to the office. He and all the other guys that worked on the computers had to come to the office, and they stayed overnight. And all of them were just like, nothing's gonna happen. So they brought the Matrix on DVD, and they watched it and slept in the <laughs> conference room. I remember that. Like I remember that very vividly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> That's such a 1999 thing to do is watch The Matrix. Too. Yeah. That's awesome. And like DVDs felt so futuristic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this movie is all VHS. They, they, they watch v movies on VHS that they've rented from the video store. Um, there's, there's a weird infomercial. Um, it's very 90s. We, we use a really old tube TV. Nice. Um, I love that we we create we kind of created this world um, that these people exist in, and in that world is this video store called Video World, and so we reference Video World, and I love just watching all those scenes back uh, the last couple of days. Like it feels like it's a real place. Like yeah. we really by referencing it throughout the film, Video World kind of feels like a real video store. Yeah, that's awesome. But it's interesting because the first the first two text ghosts were. Um, what was I going to say about text ghosts? It's um, like in today's age or something. Right. Gosh, I just lost my train of thought about text ghosts. Well, that's okay. Um, 
Wow. Congratulations. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. That's okay. Um, have you so guys... We have Ghost, but then we also have Seance. We're going to... That's going to... Seance is in the can. Yeah, we've yep. got stuff like finished and ready to release. Probably the next one we, that we're going to actually Secrets release, below. The Secrets Below, which yep. is like, it wasn't even a film that we were like, let's make this film. Jeff is in... Um, film school and he, he had a video like a project and we made this project for his school and it ended up being like really cool and so we're like let's release this as a dead end thing it took how long to shoot like maybe two hours two yeah. hours and it's kind of like a throwback to those original yeah. movies you were talking about it feels more closer to those than yeah. it, and, and that's kind of what I wanted too is like let's make something that just feels like scary and suspenseful and I wanted to practice pacing too yeah and so, yeah, the secrets below, and then the hum we're probably going to release. Yeah, so that was the one we shot That's in January. The hum is—I uh, don't think we. I mean, we've done a little bit of posting about that on our social media, and there's a trailer on it on our YouTube. But like, that was a big learning yeah. process too. That was the biggest film that we've ever done. And once again, is it going to be like 22 minutes or something yeah. like that? Yeah. There's got like there's like there's like so many people. Yeah, so many people in it. There's so many different settings. It was definitely. Um, a huge challenge, but I think it's going to end up being like a, one of our standout films in my opinion. That's awesome. And that's the hum. Yeah. The hum. Okay. Okay. I remember I what I was going to say about call ghost. Let's hear okay. It. One of the fun things, one of the fun challenges about call ghost was that, uh, in text ghost one and two, those are set on Halloween and they're also set now, like in this day and age. And one of the first things with call ghost was I was like, what if we set it on a different holiday? Cause the other two have been set on Halloween. Why don't we change up the setting what about new year's Eve? And we were all like, yeah. And then I thought, why not? Y2K, which ended up being that probably skyrocketed the budget just in general. Cause of all of the different things we had to get and cause nothing could be modern. Um, but it ends up, watch going over the footage it feels like a world that we've created for yeah. the movie yeah. you know we didn't just like have people show up in costume like we bought costumes for it we we bought props for it we have we got a landline phone we got a tube tv we got um old headphones for someone to wear um vhs tapes it every single we detail set is, yeah set deck every single thing is is steep in the 90s and it ended up being a big challenge just for that simple setting and like backdrop for what the movie is. But when you watch it back, it's like, Oh wow, we created a whole set and like world for this movie to exist in that ended up being super worth it. Yeah. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I just think what you guys are doing is great. It's, it's so exciting. Like I, I love it when people are doing anything creative and, like having fun with it and like making good stuff. It's just really exciting to see, see someone doing that and the passion that you guys have for it definitely comes through. So, um, and Thank you. I guess, I guess we're about ready to wrap it up. We're almost at, at 40 minutes, which is usually the spot where we stop. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about or, um, let people know where to find you or, um, where to find the films? You can always find us online at Dead End Film House on everything. Yeah. Uh, I think on Twitter, we're just Dead End Films, but Twitter's dying off. We don't really use it that much. Um, but 
Instagram, YouTube, deadinfilmhouse.com. Yeah, we have a website, deadinfilmhouse.com. Um, we have shirts on there. They say Oklahoma Indie Horror, and they've got some screen caps from our other, some of our shorts on them. Um, yeah, we've, we're pretty, pretty easy to find um, online, which is crazy, which is really cool to say. Really yeah. cool to say, yeah. and also really cool that you guys came up with a name as catchy as Dead in Film House. That happened at, what was it, what were we eating? At Fuzzies. Fuzzies. Because uh, I lived on a dead end, so, like, we would all come, like, my, uh, you know, my cousins, Skylar and Louie, they would, we'd, they'd hang out at my house on a dead end, and we'd watch horror films, and we're like, let's call it Dead End Film House. Nice. So, oh, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I like it when names have, like, a little meaning to them. That's cool. Yeah. yeah and also, one of our favorite films as kids was called uh, Dead, Dead End, which horrified us. We probably yeah. should not have watched it. One that's on Christmas? Yeah. Nice. It was, it's really good. Oh, my gosh. I will have to watch that one. And I'm going to go through and watch all the ones I haven't watched yet because they are really, really good. So I would encourage anybody who's listening to go to YouTube, look up Dead End Film House, and watch some of those films because they're really good. Um and you guys know where to find me at Eerie on Instagram. Same on Facebook. You can join the Facebook group. Um, it's Eerie Okies. And I think that's about all that I've got for you guys. You got any parting words? No? Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, oh, no. No problem. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much. Um, this has been. Yeah, you're our first podcast. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel, I feel so honored. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for being here and um, y'all stay spooky.